1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Fresh Air by NPR. This is your host Anthony stepping in for Terry Gross and I decided to do something a little different today. It's a hostile takeover by Atwood Magazine's Tunes and Tumblr Century Club, your weekly shot of what's new in music. Tunes and Tumblers is made possible by listeners like you, so please give us and Atwood a like and subscribe on every social media platform you can, or send monetary support to Ryan's Cash App. Today on the pod, we have everyone's favorite return guest bringing us the magic of moods from beyond our quarantine walls. It's KCRW's John Moses. Stick around to the end of the pod to hear the insanity for yourself. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I invited my usual co-host to Skype with me via Zoom seriously how bad did Skype drop the ball during this pandemic
2: and they are <laughs> Ryan your music connoisseur
1: and Pedro your mixologist well thank you guys for joining me once again and today is our 15th edition of Century Club i like to say Yee. that we're halfway there but who even knows well uh, it's what's... supposed to be
3: like a hundred <laughs> episodes right because Century Club
1: it's like that's 100, right it's like a hundred shots so there is a
3: way to quantify
1: Yep, there's only 85 more weeks of quarantine. Stick around. What is the first thing you guys are going to do when quarantine lifts? I mean, go nuts with this question. Pretend it's the frickin' Purge. <laughs> oh, wait, so we're pretending it's the Purge? Well, then I'm going to kill someone, obviously.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but what? I'm going straight to Raging Waters to jump in the <laughs> band and a wade in the Band-Aid pool.
1: Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Every pool is the Band-Aid pool. <laughs> get started on the next pandemic Pedro remember a couple of years ago when we went to that uh, pool um, up in like uh, Silmar oh the Hanson just... Dam one yes yeah that pool? was fun
2: Hanson Dam was man cool. come on but
1: don't put <laughs> your head in pool? the water because <laughs> because it's full of band-aids oh, that is truly God. the band-aid pool yeah it was uh
2: it was pretty good instead gross. of instead of don't eat the yellow snow uh don't drink the yellow water You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well enough reminiscing let's distract ourselves with a little news our first story goes all the way to 11 fans of the 1984 cult classic this is spinal tap will get a little treat at the end of this election season The real band at the center of the fake documentary Spinal Tap are reuniting for a benefit to assist Democrats campaigning in the swing state of Pennsylvania. Patton Oswalt will moderate the the event on Wednesday, October 14th. Christopher Guest, Harry Shearer, and Michael McKean, along with director Rob Reiner, take to the stage to bless us with The Majesty of Rock. This will be the first time the cast has been together since the 2018 Tribeca Film Festival when they reunited... Uh, to celebrate the movie's 35th anniversary. Shearer released an album as Spinal Tap bassist Derek Smalls titled Small Change Meditations Upon Aging, with aging spelled A-G-E-I-N-G, the same year. Fans at home will be able to access the new concert with a donation to Pennsylvania Democrats. And this is certainly good news for fans of Smell the Glove. Uh, Do you guys have any favorite Spinal Tap
2: songs? It's been a while since I've listened to Spinal Tap. Smell the gloves, definitely a favorite. Um,
1: <laughs> I like yeah. the the Beatles-esque give us some money.
2: Yes. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I like uh oh Stonehenge, actually. Stonehenge is my probably my favorite.
1: <laughs> that was a great one. Was that the one where uh where um Derek Smalls gets like stuck in the pod and it like won't open?
2: It's the one where they, they actually have a Stonehenge, but it's like, um, goes up to their ankles on stage. It's an extremely <laughs> yeah. tiny Stonehenge. <laughs> the best.
1: Oh, man. What a great movie. Uh, which one do you want to take the mic next?
2: Well, mine kind of works because mine is also a, uh, a reuniting and it feels so good story. So this one comes from Ben Beaumont Thomas of The Guardian. ACDC, another rock group, have announced a reunion featuring members who had left the classic rock band in recent years. A new post on their Instagram account depicts vocalist Brian Johnson, bassist Cliff Williams, and drummer Phil Rudd, all of whom had previously departed. Johnson had been the band's frontman since 1980 following the death of original singer Bon Scott, but had quit in 2016 due to hearing loss. Williams returned in 2017. Um the three returning musicians are joined by uncle and nephew guitarists Angus Young and Stevie Young, who had remained in the lineup. Stevie replaced Angus's brother Malcolm in 2014 after Malcolm was diagnosed with dementia. Malcolm Young died in 2017. No new album or tour has been announced with their returning lineup, but the Instagram post's Power Up caption suggests an album of the same name that stylized PWR up, F-Y-I. And the band's last album was Rocker Bust in 2014. I'm pretty excited about that.
1: Mm-hmm. That lineup, though, it's uh, more volatile than Spinal Tap placing their drummer all the time. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> Pedro, what you got for us?
3: Well, SNL premiered, the season premiered this weekend um, with Chris Rock hosting and Megan Thee Stallion as the performer. Um, and Megan Thee Stallion had some words for the audience this weekend. Um, I'm sure we're all aware Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron failed to deliver justice for the death of Breonna Taylor and has been criticized heavily for it. Most recent criticism coming from Megan Thee Stallion, who used the SNL performance as an opportunity to protest that ruling. Uh, During her performance of her viral hit Savage, Megan and her dancers performed in front of a backdrop that said, Protect Black Women. After the Beyonce verse of the song, the music cut out to the sound of gunfire. Uh, Megan and the dancers stood silently as the screen around them shifted into images of bullet holes. During the pause, a recording of Malcolm X began playing in which he says, "...the most disrespected person in America is the black woman." That recording was followed by one of activist Tamika Mallory saying that, and I'm paraphrasing here, "...Daniel Cameron is no different than the sellouts who sold their own people into slavery." Megan then decided to speak directly to the audience, saying, "...we need to protect our black women and love our black women, because at the end of the day, we need our black women." Megan went on further, stating that black men also need to be protected from becoming hashtags. And I think uh, Megan really sees an opportunity to to help spread this message, and that only makes me like her even more. You'd love to see it, so check it out. You can see it on YouTube, um, and you can see for yourself how it all goes down.
1: Now, I'm typically not a fan of SNL, but I think I'm definitely going to check that out.
3: Yeah, it's definitely worth watching.
1: Well, thanks for newsing up the room with me, guys. But I think it's time to loosen our ties and do some happy hour bonding. Ryan, what are we listening to today?
2: Today, we are listening to The Pink Phantom, the latest in the Song Machine album episode series from Damon Albarn's Gorillas. The single features Black, stylized as Six, Black, and Sir Elton John, lending vocals to this dreary cosmic ballad.
1: First off, I want to say that this is one of the weirder tracks we've done in Century Club, and it seems like it wouldn't work. But um, as usual, I wasn't giving Damon Albarn enough credit. I mean, the dude has such a penchant for pushing the boundaries of pop music, and more often than not, he sticks the landing. So kudos to him. Um, I absolutely love this song, and Elton and Black mesh perfectly. Um, Pedro, do you have a shot for us to knock back to this one?
3: Yes. Don't ever doubt the gorillas, though, first of all. So, obviously, I'm going to call this shot the Pink Phantom. It's, I mean, pretty plain and simple. I was sort of inspired by the music video. In the music video, there is a a pink, like, ghost creature who's kind of slimy looking. Anyway, he pops in and out of the video, and I, I, I don't know why that caught my eye so much, but I really liked that, so I kind of wanted to uh, play with that image a little bit, and... When I was coming up with this shot, I sort of uh, was inspired by a shot. I don't know if you guys have ever, ever had this. Um, it's called a brain hemorrhage. Um, they used to have them at study
1: hall in Isla Vista. I don't know if you remember. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I made one of those for my, uh, for my um, bartender's guide series. Yeah, they're really
3: good. And they're, um, they're pretty cool looking. And so I was kind of inspired by that. And I wanted to uh, sort of play with that image a little bit. So what we're using is um, banana liqueur. Um, as the main part of the shot, and then floating some strawberries and cream Bailey's over it, so we have that pink creamy uh, float on top, and then dropping a little grenadine in there to add a little more pink and sort of force the cream to to drop into the banana liqueur and gives it a weird, uh, sort of phantomy quality to the to the shot. So that's a pink phantom.
1: I love it. Incredible. You love to see it, right? <laughs> <laughs> A crazy drink for a crazy song. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. So more than usual, I think that this song warrants um, first impressions. Um, What did you guys think of when you first heard this?
2: I was not actually um, totally drawn in immediately. This one kind of had to grow on me a bit. It sounded incredible on paper, and I guess I was expecting it to be a little more... um, like, just when I read the text, I expected it to be a little more flashy. Mm-hmm. Like, almost how Paul Williams uh, on the Phantom of the Paradise soundtrack, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I expect, you know, the pink fan... I mean, it sounds so um, flamboyant. So, I guess I was expecting something different. And I, it really um, was not at all what I envisioned. But um, it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah,
3: you, kinda, you kind of almost expect it to, like sort of pick up in a big way at some point. Um almost like uh Empire Ants from the Plastic Beach album. You sort of Mm -hmm. expect it to just like midway through just like BAM really hate you, but it's it's a nice steady I it's it's nice and steady and like kind of I don't know, there's some melancholy to it that I really liked. Sort of made me think of like driving through the desert on like a solo road trip. Um which i think a, a lot of gorilla songs do actually but <laughs> this would definitely be one of them uh, i i really love this song
1: yeah driving along in the pink phantom yeah. i was uh, doing a little bit of uh, research on the 1960 um, rolls royce phantom 5 mm-hmm. and uh, elton john used to own one of them so like when he's singing about it it's like almost like he's recalling like this car that he used to have Um, or, or speaking from experience. And Mm -hmm. I I think I agree with you guys. Like I was expecting something a little more hard hitting, like maybe Aries or Desolée, like one of their Mm -hmm. earlier tracks from this new album song machine. Um, but I think it's like very consistently melancholy. And if you read the lyrics, it's pretty much a straightforward breakup song. Yeah. Like the first thing I noticed was that they're describing this extreme opulence, like the inside of the Phantom. Like they they have some lyric about like the stars above, like looking mm-hmm. up at the roof of the Phantom and that's because it's encrusted with diamonds. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, didn't, you're just I like, didn't know
2: that. That's insane.
1: Yeah. So like <laughs> he's just like looking up at this insane wealth inside of his own car. And all he can think about is like how this relationship fell apart. And to those of us who aren't rich, I feel like the extreme decadence like that of the Pink Phantom seems like it would dull the intensity of pain and heartbreak, but it doesn't. Um, Why do you guys think that is? Well, it's I mean, it's uh,
3: sort of the idea of it makes me think of like this Simeon Mobile Disco song where it's like, I've got everything except for you. You know what I mean? Like the one thing I really want. I have all yeah. this shit, but you're not here, and that sucks. So that's sort of what makes me think about it, is like you can have everything, but if you have no one to share it with, then what good is it? It's even more depressing, right? Because you should be happy,
1: but you're not. Mm. Yeah. I mean I definitely go through those swings myself. Like, especially in quarantine, there'll be like I mean we talk about this all the time where I feel like really motivated and excited about everything that's going on and then something will happen and then I'm just like it's like that all of those things that are going well for me suddenly disappear like you can't see them through the haze of whatever it is that's bothering you mm-hmm. um, even if they're I think... encrusted in diamonds encrusted in diamonds who needs all these diamonds <laughs> Elton yeah, John, I like those.
2: the there's a quote. I'm trying to remember who who said it, but it's, it's something to the effect of "Money can't buy happiness, but it can buy you the kind of misery you prefer."
3: Oh, that's, I yeah, that. that's very true.
2: So instead, mm-hmm. instead of looking up at like a shitty star, some star things you bought at Hobby Lobby to stick on the top <laughs> of your ceiling, you can you can uh, you know uh, stare at uh, diamond encrusted stars, but you're still miserable. It's just yeah. a different mm-hmm. backdrop for misery, right?
1: yeah speaking of those glow-in-the-dark stars from hobby lobby i feel like a good thing to do would be to you know stick those to your ceiling and then put on the pink phantom and kind of get the low budget version of what this song is doing
2: <laughs> that's a great idea not bad <laughs> so you I used can, to you have those. not only do you have a drink you have a some decorations to go with it too <laughs> or like the- one of those ambiance.
1: One of those, like, do you remember those uh, like constellation balls that you would turn on in, at night in your room and like the stars would just kind of spin on your ceiling? Oh yeah, yeah, one yeah. of those too. No, I, I was get, poor. Like, this... Sorry. No, go <laughs> ahead.
2: <laughs> no, that that was it. That was my that was my line. Keep going. <laughs>
3: okay. Ryan <laughs> Ryan had Ryan had a piece of cardboard with a lot of holes through it, and then he just shine a flashlight onto the ceiling through it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Ryan had.
2: Yeah, we couldn't all have that Anthony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the lower you go, um like the more what above you seems uh opulence. Um I think we take that for granted a lot of the time like as much as um income inequality affects like 99% of us in this country, like we're still incredibly privileged. Like I have I have my apartment. I have um, consistent food. I have central AC and in-unit washer dryer. I'm just bragging at this point, but like, <laughs> rub it in, asshole. Yes, <laughs> but like, that's uh, that's something that we take for granted too. Like, we um, are better off than a lot of the world, and yet, like, we can um, still feel this type of pain. Um, is that something that you guys grapple with at all? Nope. <laughs> King yeah, I'm fine. I start I'm to fine. feel sad and then I just order something online and I'm okay for another week. For me it's Wing Stop Wings. I just <laughs> like I'm really sad, but you know who gets me? Wing Stop. It's like that scene in in South Park where uh where Cartman is selling bootleg candy at the fat camp and like this one kid comes up crying and he's just like, Nobody likes me and I have no friends because I'm fat and I'm never gonna get better. And Cartman's just like, Hey, they're there. You know who doesn't care? Chocolate doesn't care. Chocolate's your friend. <laughs> it's fucking true. <laughs> <Wow>. No.
2: <laughs> Anthony's definitely uh, you've been in you've been in the cart. you've been in the tune zone the last couple of weeks, Anthony. <laughs> You logged into yeah, the Toon Zone like, forums lately. The Toon mm-hmm. Zone Forums.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every time we're we're in the group chat and we're thinking like, what are we gonna do next week? Everyone's like, Anthony, you can't talk about mental health again. Like <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I talk about what I know, guys. Um, mm. but let's pivot. Let's talk about the gorillas because this is one of the more interesting bands to talk about. Um, first of all. Uh, tell me, guys, when did they first come across your radar? Probably Clint Eastwood hmm definitely um, what a banger, yeah, Clint Eastwood and like uh
3: Rock the house. I think we're two like the two big two first ones I
1: really heard mm I remember uh I didn't hear Clint Eastwood until a couple of years later i I think I was fourteen um remember how like. In the pre YouTube era, like Newgrounds and albino black sheep were big.
3: There was no such thing as a pre YouTube era. Shut up, Anthony.
1: <laughs> I just, I, you know, uh, YouTube only came along in 2005. And like when I realized that, I'm like, holy shit, like what did I do on the internet? Um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, we were, um, my high school did like this, uh, exchange program where like the last week of school, all the kids would go out on like, uh, missions where they like divided you up and like some people would go and help out at middle schools some people would clean up highways or like work with the city um and i free, was assigned free labor free labor they're like oh <laughs> it's teaching you how to be a model citizen nope it's teaching you um how to give away your labor for free <laughs> it's but yeah. someone a model else, citizen. it's giving someone else <laughs> a day off <laughs> that's true but uh i remember specifically um like we were just in this middle school classroom, and my friend was just scrolling through videos on albino black sheep instead of doing her work. And then, like, this really strange video came on with these, like, kind of bizarre, creepy animated characters with that kind of like bounding, like, boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, boom. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? Uh, and this was like, this had to have been three years after the song came out, but I was just hooked. Like, this is so weird this kind of band that doesn't even really exist is still creating like really catchy pop music.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah I Memories. think
2: this, that song, I think the first song I ever heard was "192000." And um, oh, that's a like, good I one. think I heard it in like a Skechers or something. And um, I remember it being cool, but kind of creeped out by it. Um, yeah. But I think then when I heard Clint East, obviously it's like, who hasn't heard that at this point? But when I finally did hear it, I think that inspired um, the family to own a melodica, because it's used um, in such a cool way in the outro. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of what makes it so haunting. For those who don't know what a melodica is, it's basically like, um, um, it's a piano, You could, it's like a handheld piano that you produce the sound by blowing into it. And it's used in a lot oh, of dance yeah. hall, and it's used yeah. in a lot of dance hall and dub. That's kind of where it rose to prominence, and it's been used by a lot of English post-punk bands, New Order, uh, Gang of Four, and such. And it kind of has a very melancholy, haunted, haunted sound, and uh, it's used so well in the outro of that. So um, that that's really
1: interesting that you brought that up. Um, I was. I think I sent you guys a video like several weeks ago about how the gorillas made Clint Eastwood and about how Damon Albarn was like borrowing at the very beginning of the gorillas, like 98, 99, like a lot of Jamaican and dub influence. And to me, that kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense on the surface. Like why would, um, an English musician do that? But then you forget that like, uh, when, back in the 80s when working class people like started to mix with uh, um, West Indy immigrants, like you start getting these post-punk sounds like uh, and and what was it, second wave ska or was that first, that's second wave, right? Does anyone
2: know? Uh, Don't know. Because
1: I'm thinking of like the specials. Oh yeah, Um, yeah. So I think that kind of just carries over. Like you get uh, the post-punk bands of the late 80s and early 90s, which Blur was for a a bit. Um, Like, I I think that then you understand where those influences come from. Um, Even though it's kind of hard to peg the gorillas at any point in time, I think the one consistent thing about them is surprise.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
3: their music is pretty timeless and I think it's cause like the fact that they are like an animated band. There's some, I think there's something about that that frees them up to do whatever they want. They can sort of be anything. There's all kinds of, you know, like Looney tunes and shit like that. These characters can sort of transform themselves into whatever they want in the drop of a hat. And I think they sort of take that into their music, the concept of, of being animated
2: that way. I mean, Damien Albarn has such an incredible career. The guy mm-hmm. is just, um, all the influences make sense when you look at uh, his record label, Honest John's, and what they've put out over the years. They put out a lot of incredible world music and turned people onto stuff they'd never heard. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, um, it's like taking those influences and mixing it into the music. And, he's, and you can't really relate the, you can't really tie the gorillas to any like, point in time. Mm-hmm. like the only reason why you would think Clint Eastwood sounds like 2001 or 2000 is because it was released then. It doesn't really sound like it's from that period per se. Right. And the fact that it has, uh, who's uh, um, who's featured on that? Del the Funky Homo Sapien, having think- Dayla Soul on like Feel mm-hmm. Good Inc., all these people. It's like they're of the time, but they're also not. And um, he's really kind of like, one of the best producers out there and, like, the king of casting collaborations, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, who would have Absolutely. thought to put Black? I mean, I have no idea where that decision came from. Such an interesting idea. I mean, it really could have been anyone in that role, right? Because it's, like, auto-tuned to death. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have got so many rappers or singers doing the Black lines of that song. Not an insult to Black, of course, but...
1: No, you know I think that he... There's like a a very interesting counterpoint that goes on with uh, Black and 2D, who's um, the singer for the quote singer for the Gorillas. I mean, it's just Damon, Uh, yeah. But um, like they're they're all talking about this love that fell apart. But when Black sings, he is desperate to rekindle this, and 2D's counterpoint is that he realizes that lost love is just a dream that keeps mm-hmm. bringing him back. Um, and I, I don't think that those two perspectives uh, necessarily exist apart from each other. Like when you're, bre- when you're going through a breakup, you kind of seesaw between them. And I think that that's yeah. like a kind of a stroke of brilliance in bringing these different styles together. Like they don't seem like they would go together, Elton John um, and Black, but it works.
3: Well, it's all a mix I mean, the, the song itself, the collaboration, it's just as mixed as like the emotions you feel um, mm-hmm. in a breakup and stuff like that. And it's this constant conversation you're having with yourself. And that's, that's what I really like about the song is it, it embodies that very well.
2: Yeah. And the way they all come together in the end, uh, that's where mm-hmm. it all kind of um, hit for me, you know? Yeah. And... Elton John sounds kind of interesting on this one, doesn't he? He almost sounded like... Like, when I first heard it, I thought I was hearing an alternate version with the singer from uh, Future Islands, Samuel T. Herring. Um, Oh, yeah. He sounded a lot like him on that. And it also sounded like more of a song, like, almost something like Lou Reed would write, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh Um, Like a satellite of love kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, I just love... I mean, man, always... Always surprising, always different, always the same. Um, with gorillas, we we can expect collaborations from The Cure's Robert Smith, Saint Vincent, Peter Hook, from Joy Division, Skepta. I mean, how can you not at least want to listen after seeing all those names with this group? Oh, yeah. You know?
1: it demands your attention.
3: I think absolutely. Also, I,
1: I think also what I love about. Damon Albarden, who he chooses to
3: collaborate with, is he he knows like he never uses more than he needs to of someone's of someone's uh contribution to a song and he, he like he he uses it like very sparingly and like he'll never um like there's like there's songs where he has, you know, these features and they're literally like one tiny line in the song or like one or two that repeat here and there. He's never he's always like very um what's the word I'm looking like his use of, of someone's collaboration is like very intentional and he knows exactly where he wants it and how much of it. And I like it. It's masterful the way he puts it all together.
2: Exactly. And it's clear that it's clear that it's them, but it's not, um, but yeah, he doesn't do it to death. It's not like gimmicky, like very often, like having Snoop Dogg on that song from a plastic beach. I feel like usually when Snoop Dogg's featured, you like milk, people milk the crap out of it, right? Yeah. They're like, this is, a, they want it to be, it's a Snoop Dogg song, you know? Yeah. Unlike, you know, this is making me think of that Boney Bear song we did a few episodes ago where it's like Bruce Springsteen's on it and nobody can hear him on it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. <It> was-
1: <laughs> I think like, as we get further into the 21st century, like collaborations just seem more natural. Like they stand out less, even like, I really like Megan Thee Stallion's remix of Savage with I mean you talked about it earlier with uh um uh Beyoncé and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's either of their songs. It feels like they trade off very naturally even though like you're very aware that this is Beyoncé. Also like I we're kind of running low on time here, but I wanted to mention uh the the elephant in the room which is that uh the Gorillas are first and foremost a um A fake band quote-unquote fake they're an animated band and if you guys want to dive into that there is a very rich lore of these characters Mm -hmm. um over the years uh i mean the gorillas is primarily damon and comic book artist jamie hewlett who wrote uh tank girl um for all of my early 90s fans out there uh one specifically my buddy kurt if he listens to this or to this show um but I got like really into it recently, like the origin of these four bizarre characters. You've got 2D, mm-hmm. the, the front man, uh, Murdoch, who um, plays bass, but he's the one who, quote, created the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell, the drummer, who whose body is possessed by his dead friend. And yeah. then Noodle, who's a 12-year-old Japanese girl who just shows up on their doorstep and is like, I'm here to play guitar. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's a whole episode of its own, but um, get to well, reading. It's really interesting. Yep. <laughs> Just wait for the, the 12-year-old <laughs> Japanese girl to show up and your band is complete.
2: You can't really... The band can't start until that happens. <laughs> Everyone knows that.
1: That's when That's when your life
3: really begins, when the 12-year-old girl shows up to play guitar. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: but it's but really I love, bizarre. I love the story that they have, like... They're always somewhere different when they come out with a new album. They have like music videos, like something different's going on. So fucking cool. And then mm-hmm. I have you noticed that sometimes they like Murdoch is like missing. And so they replace him with um, what's his name? I think his name is, like Ace or something from the gang, Green Gang from Power Powerpuff Girls. Oh, my God. Like instead of Murdoch around, it's him. Incredible. It, oh, man. Like if, like, if you me look at the back. If you look at the humility video, like Murdoch's not around and instead it's the guy from pa- Powerpuff Girls.
1: True. Isn't, heads uh, isn't um that album what what is that album called? The uh The um, that, I think that one's off of the Now Now? Yeah, right? the Now Now. Uh I read um in leading up to this that the Now Now is supposed to be the solo album of 2D. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's supposed to be like His little side project. But yeah, it's all gorillas. It's all part of the story.
3: It's dope. And also Jack Black is in that Humility video and it's like just the coolest little addition. I don't it. It makes almost no sense, but it's great.
2: I like to your note. I didn't know this, that the band was formed in a response to their uh, what they thought were the shortcomings of MTV.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a that's a great little tidbit. Damon and Jamie were watching MTV. And this was at the the genesis of like, the boy band era of the late 90s. And he said in a uh, Damon said in an interview, if you watch MTV for too long, it's a bit like hell, there's nothing of substance there. So we got this idea for a virtual band, something that would be a comment on that. Um, And that's kind of how Gorillaz was born.
3: I didn't know that. That's fucking cool.
1: Oh, yeah. It started as a joke, and now he's got Black <laughs> and, and Elton John on his tracks. And I think we're all in agreement here that uh, if you want perfect collaborations, you go to the Gorillas. So I think it's time we switched gears here. Uh, we've had a lot of really great musical guests over the past several weeks, but I think it's time we had a little fun of our own. Um, I checked our voicemail last week, and it looks like we've got another message from label owner, radio personality, and friend of the pod, John Moses, and he has a mood for us. (laughs) You guys ready for another quick round of Hashtag Mood?
2: Hell yeah. Please.
1: For our new listeners, Hashtag Mood is a game we used to play at the end of every show back when we could do this in person, where we would each draw a pre-written mood out of a bowl or the head of the fabulous Mrs. Potts and try to come up with a playlist to match what was written. Without further ado, let's turn things over to Mr. Moses.
2: You have one new message.
0: Tunes and Tumblrs, guys. It's uh, it's John Moses here, checking in with you. Uh, <laughs> DJ at KCRW. Label owner of Youngblood's Records. Secret writer to my hometown paper. You'll never read it, but I do write it. Uh... <laughs> Lately, I've just been (laughs) super busy with home improvement, Uh, a lot of fixing our toilet paper dispensers, uh, repasting LED lights on the wall, installing bidets, mostly bathroom work, uh, LED lights, of course, being in my bathroom. Uh, As far as when I'm drinking, distilled water mostly. I'm just trying to treat myself better (laughs) in quarantine. You know, we started off. Uh, Heavily drinking when we weren't really sure what was going on. Uh, Now there's no end in sight, I figured. Just good old-fashioned H2O is the way to go. Um, And As far as what I'm listening to, a lot of abrasive uh, field recordings. I feel like it keeps my mind sharp, on edge for whatever sounds uh, might come next. Um, And my mood for you is you have a hot date and your partner's coming over and they haven't haven't been over to your house yet. And you've alluded to the fact that you're a brilliant chef and now is your time to put this all to the test. And you told your partner, uh, you, you mentioned that you like to cook with lentils and they said lentils. I love lentils. I love a delicious lentil soup. And he said, I have just the recipe for you. Come on over. Uh, let's eat some lentil soup together. And so you cut up a bunch of carrots. Uh, you put some curry powder in there, some cumin, uh, or maybe cumin if the state's going well, uh, some onion, tomato, <laughs> some vegetable God. broth. Uh, there's probably some cilantro in there. You really take your time to make sure everything is cut to proportion. It's exactly how someone uh, special would want to eat a delicious lentil soup. You let it sit on the stove for about an hour. The, uh, the directions say 30 minutes, but you really want all the flavors to spread throughout the soup, throughout the broth. Uh, you, you blend some <laughs> of it up to get the perfect texture. You've really taken your time to create a delicious meal for a special person that loves lentils. And you guys eat the lentil soup, it's delicious. You pair it with some sort of red wine. I don't know, I don't drink wine and uh, I'm not good at pairing soups with alcohol, but this is what you do and you do it in elegant fashion. So the date's going really well. And uh, after you've had the lentil soup, you light the fireplace because you have a fireplace, even though it's LA, nobody really has fireplaces. And you sit down. (laughs) and you lean in for a kiss. But what you didn't calculate is that lentil soup gives you horrible farts, horrible multicolor, warm, orange, red, yellow farts, and you squeak one out quietly at first, which is almost worse because your partner doesn't see it coming, and all of a sudden the room smells horrible, smells like complete garbage. In fact, the more delicious your fart smells, Uh, The worse it is, and this smells exactly like lentil soup. Um, So the mood is, you've created this beautiful dinner for a partner, and now it's quickly being tainted by your digestive system. What is the playlist for that? Uh, Again, John Moses here with you. (laughs) Check out my label, Youngbloods, weareyoungbloods.com. You can uh, check out my radio show, John Moses' Message Machine on KCRW. You don't have to do either of those things. Just keep listening to this podcast. Thanks.
1: Oh my goodness. Mother um, of God. God.
0: <laughs> like a waking he nightmare. Just... It's almost
2: like a ASMR at certain points of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like um if you use the app sleep cycle, you can make it play like long rambling stories to help put you to sleep. And I just felt myself drifting away like on John Moses' voice, um, <laughs> ready to grab eight decent hours of shut-eye. It's very silky. <laughs> as silky as those farts. Who wants to tackle this uh, this mood first? I've got one that immediately comes to mind.
3: And it's Go for a it. so- It's a song called I Just Did a Bad Thing by Bill Wartz. Oh, my and God. It just makes a lot of sense. There's so many lyrics in it that would be my first thought. Lyrics like, I just did a bad thing. I regret the thing I did. I'm having a bad day. It's turning into a bad year. Uh, I've ruined everything, and I've let the things I ruined ruin me. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So that's my song. I just
1: did a bad thing by Bill Wurtz. Oh, just spiraling out of control. Just (laughs) brain on the run. Just a big old shit spiral. Me Me, every time I stub my toe.
2: (laughs) It sounds like... We're maybe on track of the stages of grief and that sounds like you kind of just skipped denial and went to anger <laughs> and shame. I think um it's good to admit what's happened and um move on to bargaining in the stages. <laughs> and um maybe we you you know, you've just you've just killed the mood, and I think there's no better way when there's a mood killing thing to um uh, to use comedy and uh, humor, you know, to diffuse the mood, and you can all laugh and kind of move from there. So, I'm gonna go with "Kiss Me Where It Smells Funny" by the
1: Bloodhound Gang. Sweet Jesus, Good Lord! <laughs> you get
3: Ignal- out of here. You get out of here right now. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, you can look at the lyrics for yourself, but it's it's all, it's a listen. It's a gas. You know, the song's a gas. Uh, actually. Maybe that's what I should I should have done. Life's a Gas by T-Rex. That would have been better, maybe. <laughs> oh, but no, man. I'm going to go with uh, Kiss Me Where It Smells Funny by Bloodhound Gang. It's a lot of fun. Listen, it's a lot of fun. You'll have a lot of fun with it. She'll have a lot of fun with it. They'll have a lot of fun with it. And you could move on accordingly and pretend like it never happened.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Good God. All right. So is it my time to to bring up the rear? Uh so to speak. Um well mine actually feels like it should go before Pedro's, like the intro to this whole uh <laughs> this whole bizarre series of events, and it's the uh the anticipation, the the moment where you realize that something bad is about to happen and <laughs> you want very badly to avert it. Um and in my mind, I'm just like, hold it in, hold it in by Jukebox the Ghost um, with, with great lines like, um, the only thing that I can do is hold it in, hold it in, ha, everybody's screaming, hold it in, hold it in, <laughs> before we just let go with, <laughs> with, I did a bad thing.
3: Just <laughs> screaming in your head, hold it
1: in. <laughs> yeah I, i'm pretty sure he's talking about like saying i love you or something but no it's it's mostly about farts <laughs> <laughs> oh, well thank gross. you mr moses for bringing us this uh this little nugget of uh of levity to brighten up our quarantines we appreciate you as always um go check out john moses message machine on kcrw and Young Bloods. we've featured one of his artists on the pod before. That is our uh, episode on Bradford Reed and the Pensilina.
3: Yes. Check an, it out. It's good. You're an inspiration, John. Well, we've
2: Never come to the end stopping. of the
1: sh- <laughs> <laughs> Never stop stopping. But yes, we've come to the end of the show before we sign off. Um, any lingering thoughts about the gorillas, about pink phantom, about Black and uh, and Elton John, Sir Elton John.
3: Just another and a great string of collaborations by the gorillas, and I can I'm always like excited to hear more from them.
2: That they're always great. Keep farting them out, Damon. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's just making that, he's just making that musical lentil soup, just farting out hits.
1: Any plugs? same as always same same as as always go listen to the occurrence check out jimmy christian on instagram and i hope this finds you well is returning this week we actually start up again tomorrow with a brand new set of writers so head on over to medium check out writings from the uh the messed up minds of those in quarantine go check it out Well, thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. It helps us out a lot. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please leave us a little rating and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps a lot. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. We're off next week, but we'll be back October 20th with a fresh batch of episodes for you lovelies. And until next time, cheers! Cheers! Cheers!